What is a good life? This is the question on everybody's mind. Is it fame? Is it wealth? Or is it health? Our minds remain confused throughout our lives. We look to religion for answers or science for guidance. The mind sometimes swerves from one extreme to the other. These are deep questions requiring thoughtful research. Our mission at Orfe Life is to search for the right answers to our curiosities. We intend to populate our blog Orfe Life with Sajid's personal thoughts, latest research and expert opinion. This podcast is the oral version of our blog. Sajid will be reading his essays for your pleasure and information. Please subscribe to keep listening to his future podcasts. You are listening to the episode Why Most Diets Fail. Looking at the real or imaginary images of philosophers and prophets in the philosophical and religious texts makes one realize that not many of them were obese. Now, why would one take notice of such a superficial matter when going through such a meaningful metamorphosis of the soul? This probably is due to the exodus of unanswered questions from a restless mind or just a curiosity regarding the shapes of these historical figures due to modern influences. Are these physical shaped testimony to the harsh life they lived or did they discover the secret? Regarding the unanswered questions, the curiosity remains as to why humans keep on fighting the unseemingly unwinnable battle against obesity. This question has become increasingly intriguing due to the overemphasis on the human form and the beauty in the modern world. This is not to suggest that it is a unique modern phenomenon. The Greek statues are the masterpieces depicting ideals of male and female beauty. The dilemma, however, remains that all folks resembles more Greek sculptures than us. at least in the images i was flipping through do not get me wrong we do have our share of the greek gods in the shape of the cardassian and the brad pitts however they remain few to the future students of philosophy our images will arouse nothing but pity and somewhat disgust at the state of our health and bodily form my mind got stuck on the issue and found it difficult to proceed with soul cleansing philosophy this will also provide me with the challenge as we embark on resolving the biggest puzzle faced by modern humans I thought to myself. The amusing part of this journey was like merry go round I came back to the same spot I started from. This is perplexing though. Why do we humans invent, destroy and reinvent? Maybe the evolutionary biologists are right. We remain chimpanzees. Puzzle get hilarious when we realize that these old folks discovered through common sense what we are trying to prove through science. Now, this is not to say that science remains problematic. On the contrary, What is suggested here is that when it comes to food, the body remains fully equipped with all kinds of scientific data. Don't trust me? Try eating raw broccoli. The body is smart enough to know what it wants and what it does not. It even throws tantrums when we feed it the wrong food. In my case, broccoli. Let's start with day 1. Adam and Eve were thrown out of heaven because of food. In this instance, the culprit was sugar. Sweet Eve suggested to Adam to eat sweet apple. God wasn't happy with the sugar craving of Adam and Eve so threw them out of heaven. Adam and Eve did not learn their lesson though as they could not resolve the riddle. Why were they thrown out of heaven as the cravings were implanted in them by God? Poor Adam tried to resolve the dilemma scratching his head. He must have tried asking God as to why he made sweet Eve and sweet apple so tempting and simultaneously forbidding. His ancestors to this day are not able to resolve the dilemma. They look up the sky when reaching out for that cheesecake as the mixture of cravings and guilt are excruciating. But hold on a second. Let's resolve Adam and Eve's dilemma first. 
Did I mention cravings and guilt together? Maybe we are getting close to the riddle. What if God wanted us to crave sweets but control it with guilt so we just get the right amount of sweets, I theorized. Adam and Eve crossed the line by having too much of it in one go and God responded by throwing them out of Cadbury's. As a child, I was told that heaven is composed of beautiful people, so I concluded that they were thrown out of heaven because the place is only for the fit and beautiful, not for the sugar-craving, pot-bellied, earthly lot. Adam and Eve being human must have thrown a few tantrums due to sugar withdrawal. However, the sin of eating too much sugar is so great in God's eye that it didn't matter. They were here to stay on this rock for the foreseeable future. Now, this story is very boring. The devil is absent from it. He does enter the scene only after making sure that God is not willing to take Adam and Eve back. Once he realized that they are here to stay, he gets into action and convinces Adam and Eve that sweets are good because they are so sweet. This was the beginning of the good and bad diet debate started by none other than the devil himself. The Greeks made sculptures in the images of the god or the gods they believed in. It is difficult to comprehend that level of godly beauty of the male and female form can be attained by the consumption of the substance Adam and Eve were thrown out of heaven for, otherwise it won't be godly. Did God talk to the Greeks, or did they learn the lesson from the story of Adam and Eve? One philosopher seems to be in tune with God's message when he wrote, quote, The most suitable of these foods, though, are the ones we can eat without cooking. Fruits in season, certain vegetables, milk, cheese and honeycombs. These foods are the easiest to obtain." Unquote. Apart from the honeycomb, which can only be consumed by the rich, the rest seem to be a very sensible approach to a healthy diet. The Greeks were not the only ones pouring out their wisdom regarding healthy food. Judaism, Christianity and Hinduism consider gluttony a sin. Islam forbid excessive consumption of food and demands self-control from its adherents. Despite the wisdom of the ages and strict guidance from religions, the riddle remains, why on earth are we obese? To resolve it properly, I approached it thoroughly. This quest, like all scientific investigations, remained inconclusive without some field data. I consulted a cross-section of society and tried to find answers. The first choice was clergy, obviously, for their closeness to God's message. Science was to be considered later after answering the deep religious perspective first. When I arrived at the ceremony, I found him waiting for me. Here he was sitting in front of me eating biscuits. He was twice my size with a midsection resembling a gorilla munching on leaves. So, what's the position of religion on food? I asked. Self-control is the basis of all religious teachings. This applies to food as well. Self-control? I tried to make sense of his comment while observing him finish the whole packet of digestives. This is when I realized that despite all his religious training, he was still walking on the tightrope of temptation and self-control, like his ancestral first parents. The Adam and Eve riddle was getting interesting and challenging to resolve. Next step was to find a hunky scientist, as they must have all the secrets, I presumed. The door was opened by a somewhat frail, balding middle-aged man in whose present I looked like Tom Cruise. He delighted in giving me the scientific facts behind obesity. For him, it all boils down to our primitive brain. Our ancestors in the savannah could not munch all the time as finding food was an intense struggle. They craved sugar and fat to store it for lean times. Fats, I understand, but sugar? He explained that unneeded sugar in the body is converted into fat for future energy requirements. He looked at me and said, You see, we don't live in a savannah anymore, but crave the sugar. When we consume excessive amounts of sugar and then sit on our backsides all day long, we get fat. 
Fascinating theory, I thought. Now it makes sense why God forbade Adam and Eve from eating apples. In heaven, you don't do much work, so why consume excess sugar? Plus, obese people are not tolerated there. Food is medicine, he said. The tongue is the beast's best control at it somewhere. Mine is, however, a troublesome one. I flattered his ego and asked for a secret recipe for such vibrant looks. I had to bear two hours of scholarly speak regarding the benefits of a vegetable juice diet. The clergyman is consultant, so is a scientist. Now I need a psychologist to make my research impressive looking. His vocabulary was more complex than the complexity of mine he was investigating. He used the term binge eating. What's binge eating? I asked naively. It's when people cannot control their urge to eat and keep on stuffing themselves, he said angrily. Oh, you mean that self-control thing? He lifted his eyes and stared at me over his glasses and replied sarcastically. Yeah, that self-control thing. They struggle with self-control because they went through traumas in life. The matter was getting more complicated than the choice of the psychologist's vocabulary. This stuff is way deeper than I imagined, I thought to myself. On the bus, I sat next to a 30-something who reminded me of the sweet Eve as she was munching on an apple. At least you are not eating the crap packaged food, I said with an air of a wise man. Sweet Eve smiled at me and said, Oh no, I don't, because I'm suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome. Chronic fatigue syndrome? Why is everyone throwing complicated jargon at me, I thought. I lowered my status from a know-it-all philosopher to a naive Adam next to Eve. I asked humbly, what is chronic fatigue syndrome and what's it got to do with apples? She smiled first but quickly went into deep thought and replied contemplatively. It's mostly joint pains and tiredness all the time. Eliminating artificial sugars and refined grains helps a lot in my case. It was revealed to me that sugar does more damage than just causing obesity. However, my sweet talk was interrupted by the driver when he reminded me that I should get off or else I'll miss my stop. <laughs> what a coincidence between me and Adam, I thought. Sweet Eve, Sweet Apple, and the Angry Driver. The next stick in the box was the dietitian. The dietitian promised to provide information based on science rather than opinion which was comforting. According to him, when we consume a lot of sugar in the form of refined bread, rice, potatoes, sweets, etc., our glucose level shoots up. Our glucose monitoring policeman called insulin immediately comes into action and take the excessive glucose and convert it into fat. However, this leaves the brain with not enough glucose so it goes into tantrums. The brain is a bully, I was once told by a wise Tibetan monk. It wants its glucose right here, right now. Being the king, it sends a message down the line that glucose shall be served. The body has no choice but to obey its commands and get jittery in fear of displeasing the king. The hands on autopilot reach out for the tasty sweet and the cycle continues. We get fatter through the nasty sounding phenomenon called binge eating. When I was reminded that the brain is the king, I could understand the body's inability for self-control. We don't play, wait a second sir, with a tyrant. I learned this bitter lesson in my first job a long time ago. Okay, so how do we get Adam's lost children back to heaven now? He was thrown out of heaven due to lack of self-control, which was due to either a clever or naive Eve tempting him to consume a lot of sweets. If this research can unlock the key to self-control, I stand a chance of taking selfies with the pretty ones up in heaven. 
I resorted to the internet and discovered strange terminologies like vegans, vegetarians, fruitarians, carnivores, and so on. The fruitarians' belief comprises several paradigms which include non-cruelty to animals and eating what tastes and look good, the way nature designed. They also consider that to be a healthy alternative to other forms of eating. The vegans add vegetables to the mix while a version of them include dairy products. Carnivores eat nothing but meat and swear by the health and mental benefits of such a diet. There were multitudes of weight loss programs with fashionable names and exorbitant prices. It also dawned on me that the problem was too big and people were suffering from a host of scary sounding chronic diseases due to obesity and bad diet. All that further complicated the matter and the answer seems to be lost in the hundreds of dietary protocols out there. Maybe taking a day or two off will be a good idea, I thought to myself. Next day in the university cafe, I asked my nerdy friend how to resolve the issue. He said calmly, Do research on real people and see what works. I said, which people? He said, Do you know the hemlock story? I said, yeah, yeah, that spy guy. He said, No, you idiot, the Socrates story, not Sherlock. Socrates drank poison for the sake of philosophy. Go eat broccoli and the like for science and see what it does to you. Record your results and you are a scientist. This is simple, I thought, and decided to give it a try. So I tried to connect the dots. Adam was thrown out of heaven for lake of self-control. The obese clergyman also mentioned self-control. So did the Jewish drinking professor and the angry psychiatrist. The culprit remained self-controlled since day one. Now comes the Nobel Prize winning and dollar churning part. If I can discover or steal the idea regarding self-control, then I have the riddle resolved, and I will finally be allowed to re-enter the gates of heaven. As I was dreaming about the heavenly eaves, I switched on a documentary channel. The sight of lean African bushmen caught my attention. It occurred to me that none of them were obese. They only had meat, nuts, seasonal fruits, roots, dairy, and vegetables available. This aroused my curiosity, and I searched for tribal diets. I found one close enough called paleo or ancestral diet. The premise was simple. Avoid grains and sugar predominantly and the body glucose levels become stable. When glucose levels are stable, then there is no need for insulin to make fat and the kingdom man happy in a steady supply of glucose. Our body is not shivering with fear and we eat less. Marvelous, I thought for a second, but then realized that a Greek philosopher recommended such a diet a few thousand years ago. Am I back in the same spot on the merry-go-round? What the heck, who cares? All I care about for this thing to work. I decided to have my hemlock. My sweet Eve can't resist the temptation of apple pies. She always repeats this phrase, Sweet apple pies are heavenly because they are so sweet. The realization that my sweet Eve might be possessed by the devil terrifies me as the phrase, Sweets are good because they are so sweet, belongs to him. In the evening, I heard the familiar, Sweet pie after dinner, right? I mustered all the courage and replied, No, I'm fine. My imaginations were running wild, either because of tiredness or my fixation with the devil recently. What I saw next shocked me as she turned her head towards me and said in an unfamiliar coerce and deep voice, You sure you don't want the sweet apple pie? My heart sank as she stared at me. However, I resolved not to cave in like Adam.